Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today we have the first Sunday of the small month which is called Nessie or Nessie. And as with the last few weeks, you'll find that the church speaks to us about the end of time. <clears throat> as we approach the Coptic New Year, we're also ending a year. And with that end in place, the church uses its calendar to remind us and speaks to us about the end of time. There will be a time where each one of us will have to stand in front of God and will have to give an account as to what he has done in this life. And today's gospel is one of those gospels where Christ actually started speaking quite plainly to the disciples and started describing, we hear a vivid description of what's going to happen at the end of time. But in these descriptions, Christ gives us quite a few spiritual warnings. And in these warnings, he's saying to us, live a life or live your life ready. You know, you find when he says, don't, one of the verses in today's Gospels, he says, don't let your flight be in winter. Don't let your flight be in winter. What does it mean that my flight not to be in winter? Winter is a time when you see there's no fruit. Winter is a time when all the trees are bare. Winter is a time that represents spiritual weakness. He says to us, be careful. Be careful so that the end of time or the second coming doesn't come upon you when you are in a time of spiritual weakness. He says the same. He says, don't come down from the rooftop back into the house. See, in the, in the Bible, every time God speaks about us ascending, about us going to a higher place, He speaks of a spiritual maturity of us spiritually growing. And sisters, don't allow the coming of Christ to be a time through which you've actually gone backwards. You've come down from the roof into the house. You've come backwards in your spiritual life. And therefore the church 
reminds us these reminders because it's very important for us as we approach the end of the year to really reconsider how ready am I to meet Christ. See, in the beginning of the gospel, he tells us that the second coming comes at a flash. There won't be time to come and run and say, Abuna, I need to repent or I need to confess. You need to live a life that is ready to be with Christ. And the church reminds us this just before we celebrate the feast of the Nairuz. See, the feast of Nairuz reminds us of all those amazing martyrs. As you look around the church and you see their icons, each icon is actually incarnating for us the story of their struggle. Because these martyrs truly lived a life where they were ready. Nothing stood in their path. Absolutely nothing. No riches of the world, no friends, no mothers, no fathers, no sons, no daughters. Nothing stood in their way. Even their own life did not stand in their way of their relationship with God. They lived a life where they were ready. Ready for the second coming. Ready to give up everything for the sake of Christ. And for the sake of being members of his household. Of being or having the opportunity to be his sons and daughters so they can inherit eternal life. And this life of readiness that the church speaks to us about reminds me of a beautiful story that I once read. And this story is about a religion teacher who had a class of very bad students. His whole class did not like religion. The whole class did not study religion. The whole class actually mocked the lesson of religion. They were all not interested. The name of the professor was Professor A. Christiansen. So this professor Christian had this class, but in this class there was one boy his name was Steve. And Steve was the only one that took religion seriously, studied really hard, and really wanted to pass the subject because he really wanted to get to know Christ. And Steve was one of them boys that was very popular. He was in the football team of the school and was nice and big and built. So the professor came to Steve one day and he said to him, the year is coming to an end and I want uh, for us to have an end of year party. But no one in the class deserves this party. So I want to ask you something. How many push-ups do you think you can do, Steve? 
Steve said to him, I can do 200 push-ups. Dr. Christian said to him, okay, do you think you can do 300 push-ups? And Steve said, I can try. It'd be hard, be a struggle, but I can try. So they agreed that on the last Friday of term, Steve is going to do push-ups in sets of 10. And on that day, the professor came into the class and he told the whole class that they're going to have a celebration. And he pulled out a box of donuts. Not any normal donuts. Now these really nice, big, fancy donuts that are full of air. Lucky we're not fasting. Cream and frosting and everything on them. For the students, got really excited. It was the last Friday and it was the last class of the day. And they were all going to get an early start for their holiday and for their weekend by having a party in this class they forever hated, their religion class. For Dr. Christian went to the first girl and said to her, Cynthia, would you like to have one of those donuts? Cynthia, Cynthia said to him, yes. So the doctor turned to Steve and asked Steve, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so that Cynthia can have her donut? Sure, Steve jumped down, started doing the push-ups, and then sat back on his desk. For the doctor went to the next person, Joe, do you want a donut? Joe said, yes. The doctor Christian said to Steve, 10 push-ups. Steve did the 10 push-ups, and Joe got a donut. And so Dr. Steve, Dr. Christian kept on going around the class asking everyone, do you want a donut? They say yes. And he'd ask Steve to do the push-ups. Until the class began to feel sorry for Steve. What's going on? So he came to this young man, his name was Scott. Scott was also in the football team. And the doctor said to him, do you want a donut? And Scott said, but I can do my own push-ups. The doctor said to him, I didn't ask you if you do your push-ups. Do you want a donut? Because Scott said, no. If Steve has to do the push-ups, I don't want one. So the doctor replied and said, to Steve, Steve, would you then do 10 push-ups so Scott can have a donut that he doesn't want? And Steve started doing the push-up. And that kept on going throughout the class. Until one of them started arguing with the doctor, hey, I said I don't want one. Well, the doctor said to him, look, this is my classroom, my class, my desks, and these are my donuts. Just leave it on the desk if you don't want it. And he puts the donuts on their desks. And as this kept on going, Steve unfortunately was getting slower and slower in doing the push-ups. Other students from other classes started coming and walking in. 
And as they come and walk in, the students say, no, 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 stay outside, stay outside. If you come in, Steve has to do more push-ups. But then Steve looks up when he hears his friends saying this and he says, no, no, let them come in. I'll keep doing the push-ups. As the students began to, began to, to really feel bad for Steve, it was the last two students that were left. And the doctor went to them, do you want a donut? And both of them said no. But the professor still asked Steve to do the push-ups and put the donuts and left them on their desks. But the last girl started crying and said to him, I really don't want a donut. But the doctor said to her, and she asked, why can't I help him? So the doctor said to her, Steve has to do it, and has to do it alone. I have given him this task, and he's in charge of seeing that everyone has an opportunity for a donut, whether they like it, whether they want it or not. And then he started telling the class, see, when I decided to have a party this last day of the class, I looked at the book of grades and I saw that all of you had failed. And Steve was the only student in my class who had a perfect grade. All of you had spent the whole year hating the class, refusing to attend, refusing to study, but Steve is the only one that completed the, the class with perfection. You guys skipped classes. You guys abused classes. You guys offered me inferior work, but Steve gave me everything I asked for. But when I said this to Steve, Steve said to me, see, in football, when someone stuffs up, the coach makes them do 10 push-ups. So when I said to Steve that none of you would be able to come unless he paid the price by doing your push-ups, he and I made a deal for your sake so that you can have a so that you can have a donut and you can attend this party. And he looked at Steve and he said to him, can you do these last ten push-ups so that she can have her donut? And then he turned to the class and he said to them, see, this is what I've been trying to teach you all year. Christ, our Savior, on the cross, said to the Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. I have done all the work. It is done. He did the work so that we all can have a donut. But how many of us leave that donut on the table? How many of us see that gift and actually do not take it, leave it uneaten, leave it actually on the desk and we don't want to eat it. See, this story is nothing but a way for us 
to come and ask ourselves. Christ has done all the work for each of us. The Martis knew that, and therefore they lived a life ready. They wanted to enjoy the gift. That gift is eternal life. That gift is eternal life. That party is eternal life. To be in his presence, to be filled with his glory. But how many of us actually prepare for that? How many of us actually take the lesson seriously? How many of us utilize the time here on earth to study and to study well so that we can be qualified to attend and to have that eternal life? This is the question that the church asks us today. How many of us are prepared to make it Christ? How many of us live a life that is continually full of repentance, confession, and coming back to Christ, filling ourselves with him so that we may be qualified to attain the eternal gift that he has gifted to each of us, eternal life, a life that is full of joy, a life where there is no sorrow, there is no tears, there is no sadness, a life that is never ending. So no matter what the world puts in front of you, Ask yourself, do you really want to leave the donut on the desk? And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.